Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Hey everyone, Daniel Ramsey here with My Outdesk. I'm really excited. Today's topic is actually one that personally hits me, and I'm going to tell you why in just a second. But first, I'd like to say hello to Debbie DeGroat. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome webinar, guys. Um, here's what. Here's the why. Why you should stay here. What you're going to get. Um, you know, we've got clients all over the country, and Debbie does too. And what we keep hearing is we're having wars with prices and we're seeing a slight decline in certain markets. Uh, inventory is going up um, and prices are staying flat while no new units are coming onto the market. So you're seeing new housing starts drop, you're seeing inventory go up and prices are kind of getting stagnant. So with more inventory on the market, uh, less buyers because interest rates are going up we are in a space where the market is shifting. So we're lucky. We've got one of the best in the world here to talk about some actually kind of handle that. Think of it like this. And, and you know, we're going down the road right now at 85 miles an hour and it's a perfectly smooth, flat, you know, road. And at some point it's going to start getting bumpy and maybe it's going to turn into, into gravel really like it did for me. I'm, I'm thinking back in 2006, I'm having the best quarter of my, my life in real estate, selling more than I've ever sold. If you're listening right now and that's your experience. So the first quarter of 2007, I call a friend. I'm like, Hey, what's going on with in your market? He's like short sales, REOs, you know, it's, it's, we're flat. I'm, I haven't closed anything in months. And I'm thinking, I just had the best quarter of my life, but this is what happens when market shifts, you've got to be ready. And so today we're going to kind of go over what are the, strategies how do you survive how do you get more listings how do you make your clients happy we're gonna talk about all kinds of things um, before we get going um, so my outdesk my name is Daniel Ramsey I'm the CEO of the company and what we do is we help real estate teams get leverage so if you're struggling if you don't have time if you need some help with administrative stuff so you can focus on sales if you lost a marketing person all kinds of reasons what we do is we help you get talent fast for, for a great price, usually it's 60% of what you're currently paying, and we love to serve the real estate world. We've been in business 11 years, and we're honored today to have Debbie DeGroat, who has done 80,000 coaching calls, guys. So we've got the queen of scripts, and we're going to grow over strategies in a shifting market. Debbie, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. And so on that note, you know, I just brought onto my team, someone from your team, this <laughs> person to go back through and, and make some calls and scrub some of our old leads. And she is amazing. We love her. So I just want to tell all of you guys that I'm personally a fan. So check it out. You'll like it. And so, now a client. This is the best news ever. Now, what, was it, what was it like to go through the process, Debbie? Oh, so easy. I mean, literally, we reached out to your team, I think, within a week. We had some of the best candidates, took us a few minutes to interview. 
brought her on board. She's actually been with us. We're going into the second week. Right. And first week, worked on her scripts, and she's already set two appointments. Um, this week, she's got it, and Tay loves work. My daughter, Taylor, loves working with her, so thank you, guys. There you go. Watch so, good out. Resource, good resource. But, guys, I'm really happy that you're here today because, you know, as Daniel mentioned, those who survive and thrive in spite of any market situation are the people who pay attention. But right. that's not the typical real estate way. The typical real estate way is put my head in the sand and just hope it's all going to go away. Nothing's going to change, you know, sort of like the la, la, la. If I don't see it, it's not happening. But the thing I do really love is that we're not in a crash. It's just a shift. And, you know, Daniel, you're a baby when you're talking about 2006 or whatever. But some <laughs> of us on this call started a long time ago. Um, sure. Some of you guys know I started selling real estate at the age of 18. Um, I, it was 1979. And mm -hmm. those of you who remember in the early 80s, fixed rates went to 18%. Right. And it was sort of like, gosh, is my career over before it even began? But what I realized is that was the best thing that could have happened to me because I had to learn to adjust to cycles, to scrap out that business, most importantly, how to deal with my sellers and their drama. And boy, I got good at it. And then of course, through my 16 year sales career, had many other tough cycles. Some of us have lived them together and just honed and perfected that skill. But Daniel, we were talking this morning that a lot of the agents now going into this shifting market, they've never been through this. They don't know what to do. Right. And some of the veterans have forgotten, right? right. It's been so long, right? So we're going to help them today. We're going to give them some great strategies. So where, where would you like to go first with this? Well, I think we need to unpack your experience with 18% because mm -hmm. I think there's some gems in that. Um, when you think about interest rates at 18, when we're at an average of Right. 4.55%. Like our national average right now is around the mid fours, right? How did you figure out who was actually a motivated seller in that, in that world? Because if you're not, if you don't have to sell, you're probably not. And if you can, you find alternative financing, maybe you're a buyer, but how did you, that's the part that's interesting. So tell us about that a little Well, first thing is, you know, in that kind of market, we had, I had to do massive prospecting because I didn't want my numbers to drop. So I prospected five hours a day. Um, it was a great market for working expireds. Yep. I remember one month I took 20 expired listings, but before you guys get too impressed, remember nobody else wanted them, right? <laughs> <laughs> I took them. Did they all sell? No. Because no matter what type of market, no matter how aggressively you work them, you got, you've got to know your ratio, you know, what percentage will sell. Right. You know, in other cycles, coaching clients, that was always one thing we figured out. Will I sell 50%? Will I sell 70%? So how many do I need to take? Now, then going at that and saying, okay, if I know that I'm going to get to the table and many of these sellers are going to be just shocked by what their price needs to be to sell, then I need to get in front of that or I'm going to waste a heck of a lot of time. Right. So I developed some really good, um, you could call them pre-qualifying questions, I guess. 
I, I actually didn't put those in as the gifts today, but if they want it as a bonus, we can get those to you to get out to them or they can email me, debbie at excellium.com. So I went through a very serious list of questions. And then back then, I, <clears throat> I would actually send the data out ahead of time. Now, I wouldn't suggest doing that now. What, what are the questions that you asked? Like one, two, or three? Like um, so I would say, so, so Daniel, you know, may I ask you, you know, on a scale of one to 10, what is your motivation to sell the home? And then they would answer, right? And then I would ask, are there any other options that you're considering other than selling the home? Sure. You know, have you paid attention to what's going on? Did you have a thought about the price you'd like to achieve or the net you were hoping for. Right. So let's say I found out that they wanted it up here and they're down here. Let's just pick a number. They wanted 500,000 and the neighbors are selling for 350. Yep. Then what I would say is, um, you know, you may not be aware, but your neighbors are selling at 350. If you look at the data and determine that is where the market is, what would you want to do? Right. Well, I'll keep it. I'll keep it till pigs fly, you know, whatever. I'm not selling for that. Okay, then we don't need to meet. But it was very non-judgmental, just a series of questions where I, I know they're going to withhold their true motivation. So you have to listen and read between the lines and come at it a few different ways to put that picture together. But we're, but we're not there now. Right now is not like right. that. We're still well, fine, but we could head into that. Let me just tell you this. I'm talking to a client the other day. They do 600. Uh, they had 600 transactions last year and he lost more than a hundred of them. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're about to start those conversations. And I hope this client is listening. I hope you guys subscribe because if you think about a hundred, more than a hundred listings, his average price was 450. That's a lot of revenue. So tell me what you mean. He lost, meaning he did not take them or they did not sell. They took them. They either fell out of escrow, lost them. You know, there was some issue. And this is a huge team, 30 right. people, you know, 600 deals. They've got a lot of our virtual professionals or virtual assistants helping them close those deals. And his shock at the end of the year was to add up all of the, the failed sales, basically. So I think we're not yet there where we're having massive declines right. in the market, but we are starting to see shifts in, in per particular areas. So, so my, my coaching, you know, bells are going off because clearly sure. there were some major gaps in his system. Yep. Now guys, whether it would be a hundred units lost or 10 units lost or 20 units lost, let's face it, you know, we want to leave as little revenue on the table as possible. Right. So what I would coach him on, I would say to everyone here today. Okay. So sure. a couple of things. Number one, let's make sure that we do have a motivated seller. Now, Time over motivation. Maybe Daniel, you know, you know you're gonna move, but you really don't have to be out until the summer. So I know I might have to be a little patient with you, but I know ultimately you wanna do it, right? Also, I think we have to be realistic about our cost per listing. So okay. if you know what it costs you, time invested, your time has value. 
yep. your staff and your ISAs and all your team, their value. And yep. then the hard cost, you want to go into that listing thinking, am I going to get a good return? So it, it's going to sell or I don't think this one will sell, but I want the buzz in the neighborhood. I want the extra buyers. So in other words, a good business decision. Then I would also say what we're going to talk about today is you must set the expectation of what's going to happen before you leave the house right. and pre-schedule price reductions. I would also encourage everyone to, to do what I call a monthly listing analysis, whether you have five listings or 500, right? Every month, take a look at list date, expiration date, what's happening and what do you need to recommend that way we don't let them get away from you because you went oh my goodness i don't i didn't even know that one expired last week right, right? so i think a plan to manage those listings and then once an offer comes in another strategic conversation about what's going to happen in the process to prepare them so we can you know talk a little bit about that today Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here, and I wanna tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business right now. You know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue, and reduce expenses, and the answer is simple. It's My Outdesk Virtual Assistance. My Outdesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over $100 million in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants, and I want to give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word MOD, MOD, to 31996, and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call where you work one on one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're gonna give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist and hiring guides. My Outdesk admins can help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how my Outdesk can transform your business today. Well, let's go, um, let's go to how in a decline shifting market, how do we get to the sellers? Like what, I mean, I, I love your question on a scale of one to 10, but mm -hmm. in a declining market, how do I know somebody is a seller and where are we getting sellers and what are some of kind of the issues in that declining market? Well, one of the first things that we're encouraging all of our coaching clients, and as you know, we have the honor and the pleasure to coach some of the best across North America, you know? Yeah. Our average client, Daniel, is like 13.5 plus years in the business and 30 million plus in volume. Right. So you attract the veterans. So they have a lot more things, you know, going on. Cool. And one of the things I hear all the time as I travel around the country is I get most of my business from the people that I know. Well, okay. then, 
then guys, let's think about this. As their wise advisor, let's just imagine for a moment, none of us have a crystal ball, but let's imagine that 2020, 2021, yep. there's going to be a crash. I'm not saying there is, but let's imagine. Sure. Would it be the right thing to do to get your past clients, your friends, your family on the phone right now and say, we don't know what's going to happen. We definitely are beginning to see a shift. Yeah. So if there's anything you've been considering doing in the next six to 18 months, mm -hmm. it would make sense to have a strategic planning session. And I'm happy to do that for you right. as my service to you. So I think you can spark a shifting market will often cause buyers and sellers to get off the fence. To move. Yeah, to move. And especially when you consider baby boomers own 40% of the real estate in the nation and they're on a big downsize trend, but they want to get greedy and get that last buck. Right. Well, this may be their last window of opportunity, but the window may be closing and you need to talk to them. Right. So I think you can spark a lot of transactions right out of the people you know. Sure. Now, there's one other great hot segment. Um, one of our terrific clients, actually, he's also, I referred him to you. He's a client of yours, Sean Stanfield. Yes. So they are the number one, I think, team worldwide, Wall Street Journal, you know, top teams here in Huntington Beach. Yep. And when Sean really launched his career years ago, it was in an extreme down cycle. He yep. went into Huntington Harbor where he wanted to farm geographically, but there were some old players who had a chokehold on that farm. Sure. Plus, he didn't have the budget, you know, to go in there and spend. So he started picking off one by one the expired listings. So there's an old saying when it comes to the higher end. Everyone would like to be the firstborn, the second wife, and the second or third agent on a higher end listing. I love it. So even though right now in the bread and butter price ranges, you may not see many expireds at all, raise your sights. Look at that upper tier where sure, they're gonna take longer, but if they're priced right, they will sell in six months or so and go after those because a lot of the agents are intimidated by them Yep. Or they don't want them because they think it's going to be too much trouble. So those are just because we don't have a lot of time. Those are two good opportunities. Well, and what I love about the um, going after the million dollar you know, listings is they offer social proof for other million dollar listings. They um, one, one caution that I would tell people in a shifting market, you don't want to spend a lot of money on advertising. Absolutely. That is a big no-no in a down market with a seller who's got a lot of money and right. may not be motivated. Um, but I do like increasing your average dollars per you know listing listings taken, and it's a way to drive more revenue without really doing any more work. We well, want to find that you know that sweet spot, and you know one of our clients, Ernie Carswell. You know he's Katy Perry and Fergie's real estate agent in Beverly Hills, and Ernie said to me the other day, "See, he knows his market." Right. That I don't want to take many double digit listings this year. I'll take a few. Right. But we, and I don't want to give everyone here the impression that we only work with high end clients. We don't. No. It, it's all across the country, but it's all relative to whatever your market would be. You find the sweet spot 
And then there's that next layer that probably will not sell or not for years. So you may not want those. Right. And then back to your point on the cost, it's not unusual, especially in the high end, to sometimes have the seller fund some of that cost and pay them back at the closing. So lots of things we can do, but just basically be open to stepping into those areas of opportunity that weren't there six months ago. I love it. What would you suggest, we're gonna get into the listing conversation when in a shifting market. Right. You, you, you mentioned motivation, but how in a shifting market would you shift that conversation around um, motivation for a seller um, because I think that's one of the big keys to, you know, shooting into the barrel and actually getting fish, right? I mean, they need to be motivated. So what are some of the indicators of motivation in a shifting market that you believe we should go after as real estate brokers? Well, I, I think, you know, people who, one of the tough categories are the downsizers sometimes because they say, I don't have to sell. Hmm. And, and so that's where you'd really want to dig in and explore then what brought this thought on right you heading to ideally when would you like to be there yeah. and, and then since there's no set timeline yeah you scare them you basically scare them and you scare them with the truth you know if this is your life's investment if yeah. your equity is your biggest significant asset and you're counting on that for your old age you need to get out now. And I, and I honestly believe that. I think if they don't, then they could potentially be looking at, who knows, but a five or 10 year cycle where they don't like the values, they feel stuck. So, you know, there's an old saying, everyone wants to be the last one on the train, but you don't want to get left at the teller. If you beach in Florida, you've almost right. waited too long. So see, you can sometimes infuse motivation just by making them see the reality. And I think we underestimate that we do have that ability to spark that. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying you'd use it for evil. I mean, you truly have to believe that what you're telling them is good for them and is the truth, but then tell them, right? Right. I think there's a challenge. Um, so one of the things that I do is I follow the San Diego real estate market because San Diego is an indicator for the rest of the country. San Diego, Florida, Arizona, these are the markets that trend for the whole country. If they're, if they're dropping or rising, the rest of the country is going to follow suit within six months to 12 months. The fact that um, I now know that is because I've gone through only one, I'm a baby, one crash. But if you look historically, and Debbie, you're, you're like spot on because um, we, in a listing uh, situation, we lack the courage and the conviction to really say that. So if you're listening right now, um, I'm going to throw, you know, later today, we're talking to Steve Murray at Real Trends. Um, I've been talking with a guy named, uh, with a last name Campbell, who puts together like a real estate timing uh, newsletter, which looks at trends, right? The reality is over the last three major shifts in the market, we've always seen these huge corrections and it usually takes 12 years for the market to swing up and then swing completely back down to where it was prior, right? So if you have the data, you can walk in into a listing you know, appointment 
with a seller who actually may or may not be motivated and paint the picture for them in a way that is articulate, that they can trust you, and you can actually speak with conviction. Look, if you don't need to sell and you're happy to live here for the rest of your life and maybe even pass it on to your kids, then this conversation doesn't matter. Right. Thinking about selling to move somewhere like Florida, here's the data. And I think that's a piece that as brokers or agents, we just don't focus on because Right. And, and obviously we're going to say we don't have a crystal ball. It's like the stock market. I, I, you know, it's sort of like those old Clint Eastwood movies. Do you feel lucky punk? Right. Ah! You no. Know, are you willing to take the gamble? And, and to that point, you know, we had five bedroom, five bath house in Huntington beach and my daughters moved out. And of course, when they moved, like many of you, they took most of my furniture with them. Right. So I've got this empty house going, do I remodel? Do I decorate? Do I want this five bedroom house? And I'm thinking, I, I don't want this five bedroom house. My kids live a mile away. They're not coming for sleepovers. So I called Sean, who's an expert in Huntington beach. And I said, what do you think? Right. And you know, and this was back in September and he said, well, and this is what he asked me. He said, do you feel comfortable staying there five or 10 years? Yes. I said, I could, but I don't want to. Yes. He said, then you need to get it on the market right now. Right now. He said, your window is closing. I did. I sold it in a week. I, you know, I, I bought down, I moved and I'm like, Hey, I'm happy here. This is where I can be for 10 years. So I think that just him saying that, I had him on speakerphone. Don and I were talking to him. Monday, we had our house on the market. So again, guys, don't underestimate your power when you go in. But there is something we need to say. Yeah. If you go in like the angel of death, they will shoot the messenger. <laughs> okay? Be careful. I have personally, back in the day, lost listings. I have had clients who have lost listings. Yes. Because they were so negatively honest. Now, I'm not saying don't be honest, but be careful how you present your data. Be neutral. You know, yes. I remember my grandfather used to watch this show, okay? It was so ancient. You guys could probably find it on like WeTV or something, Dragnet. And there were these two detectives. They were really super boring, as I recall, as a kid watching uh -huh. And I think it was even our rerun then, but they always had a saying, just the facts, ma'am. So you just give them the facts. You give them the data, you give them the facts, you ask about their motivation. And then in spite of it all, you are enthusiastic and positive about your willingness to be their champion. So Daniel, you're right. You know, the market is changing a bit. We're starting to see right. a shift, but that's why it's so great that I'm here with you today because we need to protect your equity. We need to not chase this market down. And even though it's not as easy to sell as it was six months ago, because I have the experience, I know how to get you the highest realistic price possible. And we're going to work hard together to do that. I am going to defend your value and fight for every penny we can get. So see, you can be, honest, but you want to be proactive. If you go in and go, well, now you need to know <laughs> this is what they're going to kick you right out the door. Well, I think you just, you sparked a memory because 
I went through many a painful listings when the market did shift, not asking the question of how much equity you have and what's your mortgage and, right. and what do you need to, and so another, and right now, if somebody wants to sell, you're like, heck yeah, I'm going to sell. And as long as they bought it three to five years ago, there's money, but right. that might not always be the case in a shifting market. And so you right. just reminded me, how do you, how do you ask, so how much equity do you have, dude? Um, yeah. And now, I mean, obviously on tax rolls and lots of other things, we can look up all kinds of good stuff, but I just used to always ask, you know, I'd say, I want to be able to do a net sheet for you with some projections of your net. So tell me what are your loans against the property instead of how much equity do you have? You know, tell me what your loans are against the property. Do you have, and I, cause I used to say, what's your loan? And then they had a second and a third. So, you know, how, what are the loans or the, the things that would need to be paid off through the sale, right? Well, I have a tax lien or I have this or that. So I would get that from them quite easily. You know, it's a sure. transaction. So if you just, if you sound like it's weird to ask, they'll think it's weird. But hey, Daniel, you know, I'm going to do a net sheet for you. When I come over, I'll have it ready. So tell me, what are the things that would need to be paid off through the sale? What are your loans on the property? Just Perfect. very matter of fact, write them down. Now, if you see, uh-oh, they're upside down, because we will head back into some of that short sale. Yes. Then that should be a whole different call. We can do another time, because then you have to think about, do I want to deal with this? Yes. Do I talk to them about this. Um, but that's a whole call for another day. We're not quite there in a big way yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the strategic price reduction conversations. Like I don't, I'm, I, I always called it that, but you had a different name. I'm curious, like how do you walk into a listing and say, look, if your price is here and my price is here, um, we're going to have to close that gap. How do you do that? How do you make that conversation palatable? Well, I, I think the first thing is to realize that this is a very combative piece in their mind, right? Yeah. They are going to dig in their heels and they're going to defend the value of their property. And if they feel you are the adversary, the enemy, it is just not going to go well. And, sure. and I see agents left and right losing listings on how they have that price discussion, but not our clients, because our clients are using a different script, which I'll share with everybody in just a second. And I will tell you, uh, just even this morning, and I hear these stories all the time, but even this morning an agent said, they were interviewing five, I was the third one in, and when I did the pricing strategy, Debbie, the way you taught me, they said, you're amazing. You're so different than everyone else. You get us. We're signing with you. Heck with the other two. Hmm. So that, that's how powerful it is. But yet you're going to see it's very simple. So okay. I want you guys to think about it in this way. Nobody actually knows right now what the right price is. Nobody knows. So you could take it and think I priced it to sell and it doesn't. Or I priced it too cheap or too high and it sells in a day. It's just so such a moving target. So stop calling it the comps, first of all, because that makes them mad. That's yes. kind of like saying, Daniel, your children are comparable to your neighbors. <laughs> like it, right? Nope. Instead, talk about the data. Let's review the data the buyers will be reviewing when they make a decision to buy your home. 
Yeah. Go through the data. Yep. Then you say, now, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, I brought for you three pricing strategies. And together, let's select the one you feel is most appropriate for your situation. That's right. Strategy number one, we price to the data. This one's practical when we're concerned about appraisal or you really want to move in a reasonable, you know, reasonably short period of time. Strategy number two, I call it less is more. We actually price below the data knowing we may get multiple bids and that may push actually a little frenzy. And that's a good strategy. It actually works quite well. Right. Strategy number three, retail strategy. We go as high as we feel the ceiling may be, pushing that ceiling, knowing if the market doesn't respond, we may have to adjust and make a change in the price. Right. So based on your situation, which strategy do you feel you would prefer? Now, here's what's cool about that whole approach. It, it tenderizes them to the discussion. Mm -hmm. They're not combative. And what my husband, who's 34 years in the business, tells me that they usually say to him is, well, what do you recommend? Right. Because see, now there's no conflict. Now, one other dangerous area is when you start telling them all the things that are wrong with their house. Mm. Instead, ask them what do you feel a buyer might try to use against us? Hmm. Let them tell you, right? right? And then Daniel, we talked about once they arrive at the price and they sign the listing, now what work needs to be done before you leave? Right. Right. Should we go there next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love it. All right, so I've signed your listing. I've got it back in my hand and I need to mentally budget at least another 15 minutes with you and your wife. Now that you've hired me and we're business partners, yeah. let's have a conversation about what happens next. Sure. Okay, and so guys, this is where you wanna reset the expectation. I think this is our gift we're giving them today, right? Are we giving them the setting the expectation conversation script? I believe so. Yeah. It's okay. scripts as well as some team building stuff around. Okay. The market. Good. So the reason this script was born, I'm listening to my husband Bluetooth in his car. He had just listed an older couple's home like on Friday. This is Wednesday and they're just raising heck with him because they don't have multiple bids over full price and it's been three whole days on the market. Okay. I'm like, okay, it just reminded me. Sellers go through the stages of grieving. First, there is denial. It is not happening. Yep. Then there's anger. Must be your fault. Uh. Finally, acceptance. So what we want to do before you leave is coach them that this market is a new market. Yep. Whatever happened to their friends six months ago won't happen. Yep. You probably will not get multiple bids. And then if you do, you're the hero. You know, don't count on a massive amount of showing. So prepare them for what's ahead. And then also, while you're there, if you can, set your price reduction strategy so you have at least the first price reduction in place before you leave. Now, even if they won't agree to it, just the fact that you put it on the table, that in and of itself is helpful. Right. When, how many days out are you thinking 20, 25, 40? Like what's the date? At the very most 21 days. Now, 
If it's a luxury listing, maybe a little different, but at the very most 21, I really like to, to frame it with them though, that at two weeks, with the massive exposure we provide at two weeks, if we're not getting good traction, good showings, people talking about writing offers, then we know we've got a problem. And, mm -hmm. and here's the thing I would suggest to all of you is please make sure that you remind them that days on market are transparent for all to see and yep. how that works against them because they don't realize that, right? Yep. And that's a good way to set that up of if you don't need to move till June, why would you need to feel a sense of urgency to sell the house in 30 days? Well, it's that days on market. Right. right? What I think I like about what you're saying is um, in a shift, you're required to educate your sellers and the news and the, uh, the you know, TV, radio, uh, the newspaper, they won't be reporting on this shifting market or a decline in the market until six months after it's already happened. Nobody knows except for you, the practitioner. And we, as real estate professionals, we go in thinking, well, everybody knows what's going on or don't they know how to sell a house? Just because you've done hundreds, if not thousands of transactions, it's not normal for a person to move. They, we used to move every five to seven years. Now it's gone to like seven to nine years. Right. And so people just forget and they haven't gone through this. And I think it's great that you're helping our audience like set the expectation of what the conversation needs to be once you have the listing, you know? Um, okay. And, and one last thing on that, please call your sellers every week because if you don't, they will hate you. And then you will have no, no, ability to get them to cooperate with you because remember they're driving up in their driveway and they're seeing that sign yep. and nobody looked at their home. It is an ultimate rejection, you know, of major proportion. And then they're not hearing from you. So they think you're just not working. So now when you ask for an adjustment or bring in an offer to negotiate, they are, they are your enemy. So don't, don't let that happen. So now that you've said that, you have to tell them what to say because <laughs> that's what we're doing. We're helping people with the mindset as well as the scripting and as well as the kind of conversations around a shifting market. So ring, ring, uh, you know, hi, Debbie, this is Daniel, Mr. Home Seller. What do you, what do you say in, in when they've had no action on their property? All right, good. So, so how, let's just, you give me a scenario. How long have you been on the market? Three weeks and I don't want to drop price, but I know this is coming because we talked about it. So, so Daniel, remember when we got together, we made a commitment that at the 21 day mark, we would need to take a serious look at the market yep. and at the market's response to your property. Okay. So obviously we're both frustrated that we we don't have offers right and in fact we've had very few showings and you you know we discussed days on market um, so at this point we do need to make the decision of the adjustment that we're going to make so that we can get the property sold so just my recommendation is x okay and then the x depends on guys um what has happened. So if they've had, I remember years ago, I wish I would have kept the article, but I've used it so many times and it worked. Right. I think it was a, a NAR article that said 
that if a property is dead in the water, no showings at all, you can calculate that statistically they're probably 10% too high. Yes. If they've had some showings and no offers, probably at least 5% too high. Yep. So I would recommend you go for at least a 5% reduction. Yep. 10 if you think you can get it. Now I know people are, have this strategy, well, if I drop it a thousand or two and then it comes up refreshed as a reduction, you can do that if you want. I hear people tell me that all the time and I don't really see it work typically that well. Right. Primarily because most sellers only have in them a couple of reductions before they go bonkers on you. So it's like ripping off the Band-Aid. Get the reduction, get it sold. So I would probably say, you know, Daniel, based on the fact we've had a couple of showings and no offers, I would really recommend we at least adjust the price by 5% today. Yep. And I just need your permission to do that so I can relaunch the marketing to push that extra exposure out there. So Daniel, do I have your permission to do that? Absolutely. And I think, and I just want to kind of point out, you've had weekly calls with him where right. you're describing, I love the sun. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm you're like magic. Yeah. I'm, ah! um, but you've had weekly conversations where you're reporting to them what you're doing, what the marketing is looking like, how many calls you're getting, how many, you know, showings, whether there's offers and the feedback from the agents that they right. gather from their buyers about the property. And I think that's a huge, in, a, in an up market, we don't have to do that work. We can do it once a month, right? We can right. maybe report to them once a month and it doesn't matter because most things are selling. And if it's not, you just do a little tweak and then it does sell. But in the shifting market, stuff doesn't sell. You have to work towards doing that. So I, I think that's good. We've got a lot of people on this call. Uh, one thing, um, we're gonna go into what your team needs to look like and what, how you need to run financially a little bit uh, okay. through a shifting market next. But if you're on this call, if you love Debbie, if you have a question for her because you're in a situation right now, I would encourage you to put notes in. We like, she loves, I mean, you can see she's good on the fly, right? Um, we did not talk about most of this prior to the call. So, um, but Debbie, what do I, what does my team need to be focused on? Um, how do I need to kind of, I mean, what happens, you know, when a shifting market, what do I need to really do like financials, office space? Like what's, what does that all look like? From now we're talking about being a business owner versus just being a real estate agent and getting listings and, and, right. and, and selling well, I, stuff. I think sometimes in a shifting market, it makes us do what we should normally be doing anyhow. So I would really go through your P&L and say, where am I wasting money? What can I cut? You uh -huh. know, and oh, well, no, I already run a very lean ship. I, I guarantee you, you can find things to trim the fat on. You can find things to cut. Yeah. So I would go through that and take a look at that first. And sometimes it's tools and things you bought and you don't even use them, you know, a subscription, yep. subscription there. Because all those little things add up. It could be your Staples office bill. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's just like a lot of random stuff. But at the end, and in fact, a company hired me once um, to go through, and I won't say the name because confidential, but to go through that with them. And they said, we run a really, really tight ship. And I found a million dollars a year of waste. 
Yeah. Okay. So obviously that was a significant company. They had about 30 million a year in revenue. But my point being, so whether it's 50,000 for you or a hundred thousand cut the waste, right? Well, and I want to just add, if you cut $50,000 from your expenses, it drops to your bottom line. Oh, for like, sure. It just goes into your bank account. Right. And I think as an agent in an up market, we're like, eh, eh, because you're making tons of money. In a shift, you're like, uh-oh, I got I to gotta trim the fat, like you said. And I think that's a big deal. Well, and trimming the fat also is you can't be sloppy in your practices. So, for example... Your past clients in Sphere, we talked about this a while back, the disruption of all the major real estate portals trying to take your leads away from you. Yeah. Even if you have great loyal customers, you need to really drop that web of connections, circle the wagons, and get more business there, right? Yeah. And yeah. then take your team and go out like an army, like Sean has taken his team and they blanket Huntington Beach. They have each their own little 500 home farms Yep. And they're going in there at a time where people are going, oh, I think I'll chase buyers. Well, they're going out and taking over the territory. Um, maybe upgrade some of your team members if they're lazy, if they're not performing, if they're not, you know, game on, all hands on deck. Maybe you need to change them and put someone else in their place, right? So it's expense, digging deeper into the things that you do well, doing them better and then top grading your team. And I'm gonna throw one more in there. And I yep. might offend someone when I say this, but many of the people listening to us, if they haven't been in the real estate business for very long, yes. they may actually need to learn how to sell and negotiate, okay? Yep. And even for you veterans, you may need to relearn how to sell and negotiate because guess what? Presenting an over full price offer, pushing out a DocuSign is not selling. Yes. But going in and navigating these price conversations, these price adjustments, if I brought you an offer on your home that is significantly less than you want, but I know it's the right thing, I have to be able to actually present that to you and persuade you. Yes. Many agents out there right now, they have not had to sell. Yep. That yeah. makes sense. No, you're you're spot on, and I can't believe we're we're going to end with this because it's it's probably the the most important thing. If you're if you actually were smart enough to watch this whole thing and last to the end, this is probably the gold of the entire conversation. When a market shifts, um, you have hyper competition. Meaning, if there were three to five people that were in a listing appointment, now there's five to seven. If you know, one guy was a discounter. Now five guys are a discounter, meaning you're going against somebody who's like, I'll, I'll, let, I'll sell it for 1%. I'll sell it for 1% and I'll do everything that the other guy did. You know, uh, the reality is competition is fierce. Uh, price becomes a big issue. Uh, you have to have positioning around why you add more value than, than your competition. And Debbie, you are spot on like, Living and dying through a shifting market is the ability of the salesperson to connect, close, and get more referrals. Like, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we have some good gifts from you're going to send out. And one of the things I think we gave you is a link. And if it's for a strategy call, if we didn't put that there, guys, 
um, just write this down, www.businessstrategycall.com. I actually have great coaches, senior coaches, 25 to 40 years in, who if you have an interest in getting some coaching to prepare for this, because this would be the time that that would make sense. Oh my God. Uh, reach out. It's not a salesperson on the floor. It's a true senior coach who will talk to you and, and very graciously with no high pressure um, answer your questions. And then April 10th and 11th here in Newport Beach, Daniel, I was going to tell you this morning, we're doing a shifting market event. I'm going to invite you guys to come and be there with me. Nice. We'll talk a little on a panel there about some of the things we discussed today. So um, yeah, so we appreciate the opportunity to be here with you all. Debbie, what do they get if they jump on? Because we've got the link here, myoutdoors.com forward slash Debbie. Like everybody, I feel like Debbie in um, blinking flashing lights. You know? uh, I believe, and I'll double check with my team, but I believe what we wanted them to have. And if, if it's not set up, we'll get it set up with you right away as we hang up. Yeah. Setting the expectation conversation. So once they take the listing, that's a brand new fresh script. Yes. And really powerful one. We've got all of our clients using that. So I want to be sure to give them that. Then they obviously have the link for the strategy call. So if they want to take right. advantage of that, yep. I'll let them know what will happen. My daughter, Taylor, who you've met, president of my company, she'll reach out, have about a 10-minute conversation to see what they want help with. Yes. That way we can properly direct them. I can choose the coach on my team that would be the best one for them to speak to. But that, that script is golden. So yeah. we'll make sure they get that one. They are, they're getting the setting, the expectation. We're also giving away, um, one of my favorite things to do with a real estate team um, is to give them our checklist. We call it the essential checklist. And it's what the top 1% in the real estate like community does for listings and for transactions and for buyers. So when you get that checklist, you literally can just print it and sit down with your team and say, do we do this? Do we do this? Do we do this? And you'll find out, no, 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 no. Uh, and so we've taken this kind of thing with all the top teams around the country and said, hey, what are you doing when you get a listing? What are you doing when you help a buyer? How do you nurture on your existing clients? How do you love on your database? So we've got this really, you know, setting the expectations from Debbie, essential checklist from us together. Um, I mean, it can actually prepare you for a shifting market. Debbie, thank you so much for your time. You're amazing. Um, guys, reach out to her. She's giving you a free strategy conversation. It costs you nothing. Right. I mean, you know, in a shifting market, you need a veteran who's done three shifting markets, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. 3,000 transactions personally. So, and then my husband's been in it 34 years. So I always said, I said at an event the other day, I sleep with a real estate agent every night. They asked a, a different one. No, the same one, right? But I, <laughs> I'm living the dream. But one last thing I would love to say just one more time. Sure. Do not be afraid of a shift. Yes. Embrace it, adapt to it, look for those new opportunities, boost your market expertise and your skill. And the truth be told, if you don't have all the business you need right now, just do a quick be honest. Are you actually doing everything you can? And the answer is always no. And that's the good news, right? And that's where if you talk to us, the coaches will help you find the gaps. So you can do it without working yourself to death, right? We don't want you to work yourself to death. So thanks again, Daniel. Thank you, everybody, for joining us.